welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Yo ho, yo ho, a movie's life for me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Keeper Blake Spear, and this is Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we have a wonderful lineup for you. We're going to be talking about everything, everything. Octonauts, 12 Rescue Missions, and also Digimon. Right now, I'm here with the wonderful Morgan and Clayton talking about the new and last pilot, uh, edition of the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, Dead Man Tell No Tale. So we're happy to have you two on the show. Let's get right into it, shall we? So I'm um, Clayton. Let's be honest. What did you think about this film, and did you feel like it is, it's a wonderful addition to this series? Um, I feel like it's one of the best Pirates of the Caribbean, actually. Compared really? to, like, yeah, compared to other movie sequels, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales is surprisingly, like, it flows very well and keeps an exciting pace. I have to agree. That was one of the best. I absolutely loved it. It actually had really awesome 3D. If you go and see an IMAX 3D, I would definitely recommend it. And it was just fantastic. And you saw it and you were like on the edge of your seat the entire time. I fell in love and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to just jump on the screen. Wow, I'm very happy to surprise you enjoyed it. Now, um, Clayton, what do you felt like brought the magic back? Because Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know about you, was, is one of my favorite Disney flicks. I loved, I grew up watching and I, I still love it to this day. But what do you feel that this film did to not only bring back the magic of the original, but also give it a fresh new twist? So it has a lot of otherworldly visual effects compared to any other recent movie that came out. It just has amazing visual effects and the CGI is out of this world and it also has a lot of humor. It's the most humorous one, I feel like. And what about you, Morgan? What did you think of it? I would definitely have to agree. And I also really like the fact that you got to figure out about how Captain Jack Sparrow got his name, Captain Jack Sparrow, and how you figure out who he became, who he was. And you've got, like, a lot of mysteries answered. And Johnny Depp really played the character of Jack Sparrow with perfection. And you could really tell the graphics were spot on. Everything, everybody just really put their heart into this part. And... Everybody just, you could tell, they loved what they were doing, and they really just all mended the bond, wrapped it together, and you could just tell that they were all happy to be there, and they were really putting their whole hearts and souls into this film. And uh, yeah. also, uh, the thing that makes it really new is, out of all the other uh, Pirates of the Caribbean films, this one utilizes the most mythological elements because of the Trident of Poseidon and the backstory of all that. Yeah, it really did. It did a lot of that. That's absolutely fascinating. I'm glad we go more into the lore of pirates and the pirateology of it all because we went from last time, we went from the Fountain of Youth and we went to Davy Jones' Locker and just all these mystical aspects, which was a great addition to the lore of this, of this well, not trilogy anymore, of this franchise. Now, uh, we have, not only is Johnny Depp, amazing. He's he's an icon with this character. We also have great characters like Javier Bardem, who plays the uh, an undead captain, or Jeffrey Rush, who I love, who plays Barbosa. Um, tell us a bit about uh, other supporting characters. Um, Clayton, we'll start with you. The other supporting characters. I feel like the new Captain Salazar, the new villain, is like 
perfect. Javier Bardem is just like he aces his performance just like just like Johnny Depp did. And I feel like this new villain is just so different and new compared to any other villain in Pirates of the Caribbean. It was sort of like a fresh new like air. And what about you, Morgan? I would have to agree, definitely. The cast is simply fascinating. The way that they were able to bring it all together is just terrific. You were able to really see the bonds, the connection, and all the characters really were able to bring everything together. And Jeffrey Rush, who plays Captain Hector Barbosa, did a fantastic job. We also have a really cool witch in the scenes as well, who is terrific. We have all kinds of different characters who just really bring all kinds of different storylines and amazing things into the story. Like Orlando Bloom who plays Will Turner yep. and so many different people. And you're just able to watch them and you can really tell what they're feeling with their emotions. And I really like the way that they were able to leave you with questions at the end. So you do have to watch the end of the movie. To, it's after the credits. So make sure you stay. Definitely. Go to uh, classic Disney. Stay after the credits to see the mystery after credits scene. We don't want to spoil anything. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Twilight, and Starlight. We're going to be t- continuing the show talking about everything, everything. Uh, Octonauts, rescue missions. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan and Clayton about Pirates of the Caribbean. So, um, Clayton, um, tell me about about the story because we we touched upon that we reveal a bit more. Uh, we reveal a bit more of the mystery of Captain Jack Sparrow. But is there anything else in here that you want to add? So, at the beginning of the film, Captain Jack Sparrow is presumed dead, and he resurfaces in the most like humorous way. And Captain Salazar is uh, Sparrow's like, oldest nemesis, and he tries to take revenge on him by unleashing these, like, crazy CGI visual effect, like, ghost pirates that just are hell-bent on killing him, so it's just crazy. What would you say is your favorite... Well, yeah, what is your favorite scene in this film? Morgan, what was your favorite scene? Oh, you put me on a tough one right there. I actually really liked all the scenes, but I have to say that one of my favorite scenes would have to be the one where you actually got to find out how Captain Jack Sparrow became who he was. And you got to see, like, the scenes behind everybody, and you got to, like, really find the backstory behind that. I thought that was really cool, because you could really see everything, and you got to find out between all of that, and, like, see how everybody became everybody and what led them to all the enemies and everything that led them to what they want to do. So I think that really brought like a lot of interest into that. And like anybody who has questions that like answers a lot of them. So I think that really made me happy. I was really excited to see that scene. Really cool. And um, Clayton, what would you say is your favorite scene in the film? Oh, my favorite scene is at the start of the film when Captain Jack and his crew were trying to steal, like, a new impenetrable bank, like, safe. And they just, they hook it, uh, the, the safe up to, like, a few horses and everything. And they try to pull the safe out of, like, the building. But they just bring the entire building with them. And they're going down the street with the entire building. Get Everyone's getting out of the way of this entire chase scene. It's really hilarious. Well, it sounds like this movie does have all the great effects and props and, again, amazing action that 
Willie was this with this franchise known for its amazing action, its amazing visuals. Now, what did you, Clayton? I want to go back to this. Uh, what would you feel like that this film did that the other sequels failed at? Because even though I love Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, they, the sequels, sadly, as they continued, I believe, lacked in some aspects. What ma- what brought this one back? I feel like it just flowed so well, and the CGI was, I feel like, was like a lot better in this film compared to the other ones. And I feel like it was just a lot more, like detailed and like kept you your eyes glued onto the screen more than other parts of the caribbean films well good to know i'm very i'm I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that because i was i was excited for this film but i also had i was skeptical of whether the story would be able to do as well as the previous films so that's very good and morgan tell us about the action in this film oh the action in this film is terrific honestly you cannot take your eyes off of it. Like, some of the best scenes were the sword fighting scenes when they had all the different sword fights and everything, and Captain Salazar and all, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow or Captain Hector Barbosa and Captain Jack Sparrow, where all of them are fighting against each other, or Kayla Scalazaro, sorry if I mispronounced that, who, Carla Smith, Karina Smith, sorry. She was fantastic. They're all like fighting and they're all doing the bank robbing scene. I had to love that. That was a really good, awesome scene that they did. And um, you really loved that. And they were all like trying to find out what they were doing. And you like could see all the action packed scenes where they were sword fighting and they were trying to do all kinds of different things. And you just were loving it. Fantastic. Well, Clayton, how many stars did you give this, and what would you say is your age range? Um, I'd actually give this five out of five stars, and the age range, I'd give 10 to 18 years old, like a mature 10-year-old, a mature 10-year-old. Definitely, because there's a lot of action in this film that could be a bit too dark for some younger kids. And Morgan, how many stars would you give this film? I would have to say that I would probably give it the age range of 12 if they're if they can be able to deal with violence and stuff like I agree definitely, but also there is like a couple of scenes where Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow, is pretending to be really drunk. Yeah. So there's a little bit of scenes like that, but if they can deal with it, you know, other than that, it's really funny. But there's also the ghosts, you know, some of the you know the graphics might scare some of the younger kids. So I would say yeah. a good uh, twelve year old and up. So How many stars would you give it? I would definitely give this five out of five sailing ships. Definitely. Well, wonderful. Thank you, YouTube, for talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tale. If you want to go check out this film, it is in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Starlight, and Twilight. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our kids' first film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey and welcome back i'm morgan brian birch and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we have been talking about some fantastic things such as pirates of the caribbean dead men tell no tales and later we'll be talking about octonauts everything everything and later on we'll be talking about my little pony twilight and starlight and Digimon. So let's start our interview with Ella and Amani about everything, everything. So let's get started. Ella, what did you think about this film, Everything, Everything? Because I saw it in theaters and I thought it was very interesting and different. I agree. I thought it was very interesting. The acting was phenomenal. It was directed well. It was, the visuals were incredible. Just everything blew me away. And it, I read the book, and it, it exceeded my expectations of what I thought that the book-to-film adaptation would be. I actually got a copy of the book, but I have not read it yet. I'm, like, really excited. I'm just waiting to finish Narnia, and then I'm going to start it. Mm. So, how about you, Amani, who is 15 in New York? What did you think about it? I thought it was very good like I had nothing but positive things to say about it I loved how affectionate and sensational it was and I just love the storyline the cast crew everything yeah because it's it's very different and unique and honestly you don't really get to see a lot of stories like that because as our main character who is the fantastic Maddie she has something called bubble boy disease and so what do you think about the storyline of this film and let's start off with you Ella the storyline was actually very interesting to me. You know, it's kind of tragic when I'm just out here, like, living my life, doing normal kid things, and there's somebody who's, she's she's older than me, but still, she still had this disease when she was my age, and she still wasn't able to go outside and play with her friends and go to school and do all the things that I can do now. And I just thought it, it was interesting to kind of see what life was like from somebody's perspective like that. And how about you, Amani? I totally agree with what Ella's saying. Like, yeah, like, it was so sad yeah. to see, like, Maddie had to be alienated from the world and be a part of things that she always wanted to be a part of without, you know, being able to experience it. So I think it was very, like, sad, but you got to learn something from the movie as well. 
Yeah, and it's actually very interesting because in the book I've read one of the pages, it actually does say that she had bubble boy disease. So it's very interesting to get that info and you actually get to learn about it and find out what it is. And you actually get to learn a few different things along the way. Now, what did you think about being able to learn the concept of this, Amani? Um, I think learning about like Maddie's disease is very, it's something that, society should know about you know like it is something that you know maddie had to deal with and we may not be able to you know know what she's going through but to get a sense of learning about it the background information and how that made her feel i think that was a very important aspect of the movie that was portrayed very well for the audience to actually you know kind of learn about more and try to experience what she's like experiencing like to get the message i guess more clearly and do you agree, Ella? Yes, definitely. I just think it enlightened me in a way to kind of just educate, be educated on what that life is, what that lifestyle is like. Yes, because Amanda Steenberg, who plays Maddie, actually does really portray the character very well, and you actually get to learn a lot about her and everything that she's going through along the way. And what did you think about the other character, Nick Robinson, played by Ollie Bright, and Speaking about characters, who was your favorite character? Ella. Okay, I'd have to say that Ollie was actually my favorite character because he was just very funny and his character was very lighthearted and supportive of Maddie. And I really I really liked the scene with the bunt cake where he pretended like it was a sick bunt cake and then the bunt cake like fell over out of the window. So I he's my he's definitely my favorite character. Yeah, that had me laughing on the floor. I was just laughing so hard. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And do you agree, Imani? I do. Um, I love both of the actors, Amanda and Nick, because they're just very good at what they do. Their chemistry was great. I really loved how they both connected. My favorite scene was actually when the two characters first met, because I can safely say that the audience and I were both screaming silently, of course, with joy, because, you know... It was a teen romance, and I think we all kind of enjoy that in a movie nowadays. So I thought the chemistry between them were really well executed, and it seems so realistic. Definitely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about some terrific things, such as Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Right now we are talking about Everything Everything. Later we'll be talking about Octonauts, My Little Pony, Twilight, and Twilight. And later we'll be talking about Digimon. But let's continue with our interview on Everything Everything. Now, what did you think about the amazing chemistry between the two characters, Ollie and Maddie? Let's start with you, Amani. Well, as I said before, I thought it was very well executed and it was very re realistic. And I also loved how the cast was very diverse because at this day and age, we kind of need that in our society. Like, it was an interracial relationship, which I thought was so powerful and wonderful. And I thought the audience really enjoyed that because you don't get to see that all the time in movies, I guess. And I really liked how that was executed very well. And I just loved it so much. And would you agree, Ella? Or do you have a different opinion? No, I most definitely agree. The chemistry between the two characters, it was natural and believable. And just, it they played the two lovers very well. Because I go to a lot of movies and see two lovers and they're not 
they don't have any chemistry. Like they don't, you don't really think that they're like in love or in a relationship. And I also agree with what Amani said about having the representation for the interracial couple because it's very important in Hollywood to start doing stuff like that to say, hey, like we need diversity because the world is diverse. So the film screen should be diverse as well. Yes, I definitely do have to agree. And did you think that the ending was actually pretty surprising? I don't, I'm not going to give any spoilers and neither will you, but did you enjoy that? Or did you think that, what did you think? Let's start off with you, Amani. Well, without giving any spoilers away, I think the audience will definitely like the ending as much as I did, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens, I guess, in the end. And do you agree, Ella? Yes, but it took me by surprise. It's kind of hard to describe the ending without giving it away, but it took me by surprise, and it will definitely take you by surprise if you go and see the movie. Yes, and what did you think about the astronaut concept? Because I actually thought that was really funny, and I actually liked that they had that and that Maddie actually felt like the astronaut. Did you enjoy that, or did you think that was kind of odd, or what was your opinion on it? Ellen, or, uh, sorry, what do you think about that, Ella? Um, I thought that it was, the astronaut character was very funny, but I also felt like it was a metaphor for her being kind of lost, you know, because she doesn't really know much about the world around her, about Earth, where for the astronaut, they're exploring space, and it's, the other way around like they don't they know all about earth but they don't know about space so definitely do you agree Imani yeah I think the astronaut was actually like maybe it was a symbol like represented symbolism or um has a deeper meaning to it like just like Ella said maybe like kind of lost in space in a way maybe but I definitely think you can connect that to the bigger picture of this of the story Definitely. And what would you think about the scenery of this film? I thought the scenery was very bright and vibrant. Like, I really enjoyed, like, how the house looked, Maddie's house, how the mom tried to make it look like she was outside from time to time. But I also liked how the outside world was incorporated as well, even though Maddie was alienated from the outside world. So I think the film was very well shot, and it was just very vibrant, and I really enjoyed watching it. Definitely. This was actually, I got to meet the fantastic director as well as the writer, Nicola Yoon, who wrote the fantastic book, Everything, Everything. And I got to meet the fantastic director. Her name is Stella McGee. So do you think that we need more women directors in Hollywood? Uh, yes. I think it's very important to have women in all, in all different professions because women are people. And it's just, it's very important to me. And I like it a lot when I see women in these positions because it's like I can be anything I want to be like these women are inspiring and they're inspiring up girls around the world to do the same things they are and on your scenery question I thought the scenery was absolutely gorgeous I mean it's just I, I there's no way to put it into words just how much I was taken aback by it because it was just so beautiful and I've never seen anything like it 
Yes, yeah, so there's actually only 7% of women that are directors, and we need more, honestly, because we have the power and we can be able to do so much more. And so let's say, uh, what would you give on age range for this film, Bonnie? I would say ages 13 to 17 should go and see this film because of the teenage love scenes. I really encourage parents to see this with their adolescents as well because I feel that they'll definitely find themselves smiling and feeling very happy throughout the whole film. So you should definitely see this if you're like in the teenage range, 13 to 17. You'll really enjoy it. And do you agree, Ella? Yes, I definitely agree because just... I think maybe a little broader of a range, 12 to 18, as well as having the parents see the movies with their kids and even couples going to see it together. It's just a great movie, and I think that a lot of people would enjoy it. And how many stars would you give this film, Ella? I'd give it five out of five just because I love it so much and it feels great. And how about you, Amani? I also give it five out of five stars due to its impeccable cast and crew, intriguing storyline, the colors, soothing music, and much more. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. And I definitely agree with you. It's fantastic hearing your opinion because we have so much in common about this film. So let's take a break. I am Morgan Brian Birch, age 12, currently in Senya Lake, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And our sponsor for today is the fantastic and wonderful My Little Pony, it's Twilight and Starlight. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. The program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about everything, everything, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tale. We're going to be talking about also Digimon Masters. Right now, we're going to be talking to Ella about the new DVD release of Octonauts 12 Rescue Missions. Thank you very much, Ella, for being on the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, this is the, the new DVD collection of 12 episodes of the wonderful television show Octonaut. So tell us a bit about what you thought of it. Of course, it's a 
kids show, so it's very juvenile, but I put on my kid brain, my three-year-old brain, and I thought it was just kind of like a little bit of a hodgepodge mess. However, it was very educational, and I recommend, I guess, to have your kids watch it if they want to learn more about marine life and what it's like in the ocean for animals and plants living in the ocean. Now, that brings up a good point, because with a lot of children's shows, sometimes they're very, they're very juvenile, but there's some kids' shows that, that even adults can watch. Like, for instance, My Little Pony. I feel like um, kids and teens and even adults enjoy My Little Pony, or my favorite was Animaniacs, great for kids and adults. What about this show that makes it specifically geared towards younger audiences, and yet still younger, but still maybe parents could even enjoy sitting through it? I think... They at the end of like uh, each episode or each segment, I don't I don't know really know what they're called, but they would have like a song. Like this is just an example of something. They would have a song. It's like Bleacher Report, and like I get how that could be kind of annoying to adults <laughs> and me as a teenager. I kind of find that annoying. But if a parent wants their kid to be educated, uh, I think most parents would be willing to you know be like okay, like it's a kids show. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's very interesting. So, um, what about this show that I feel like? Because I know some friends. When I was growing up, I loved. I wanted to be an oceanographer, and I loved the sea creatures and learning about the different creatures under the sea. So, uh, what kind of like weird and wacky facts does this show teach kids that is interesting that you found interesting? Well, I mean, I watched it a while ago, so I don't. I couldn't tell you like exactly what it was because it kind of went fast, so I didn't really have time to absorb any information. But I remember it talked about, like, sea lions and crabs and kelp forests and stuff like that. Okay. So uh, what did you think about the animation also? Because this seems like a really cute animation for kids. Yeah, I thought the animation was adorable. And it was just, it was very colorful and, like, easy on the eyes and easy to look at and just fun and, you know, engaging. Like for kids, I guess kids might be fascinated by it. All right, interesting. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite episode out of the twelve part, out of the twelve episode collection? I'd say the one where the, the like I forgot what animal it was, but the one with the kelp forest where the mother animal was trying to teach the baby animal how to like swim through the, like the kelp forest. So. That one really interested me because it was showing the bond between the mother and the baby. And, of course, I love baby animals, so that one just kind of tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. We, talk, uh, we talked in the beginning about other kids' shows from back in the day. What do you feel like this show kind of represents for today's children's show media? Because, again, Kids First is about giving quality entertainment towards kids. So what do you feel like this show does that educates kids in a good way for exciting? Well, I think education is very important. It's very, and it, this show does like educate kids, except for like it, you know, it kind of, as I said before, it's very fast paced. So you don't really absorb information so as quickly as you should. Mm -hmm. educational show but still it's very like it basically is saying i don't know if it's like 
that good in the entertainment value necessarily, but it's okay. very educational. Well, I feel like there's some. It's I think that's the education part is definitely important, and it's exciting because I feel like kids who are interested in the ocean and learning about the creatures in it would be happy to watch this show. You listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Twilight, and Starlight. We're going to be continuing the show talking about Digimon Masters, and also we just finished talking about Everything Everything and Pirates of the Caribbean. Right now, we're still continuing our conversation with Ella about Octonauts, 12 Rescue Missions. So, uh, Ella, how many stars would you give this collection, and what would you say is your age range? I would give this film three out of five stars and i would say that the age range is two to eight years old well fantastic well joining us now is going to be our octonaut aficionado miss morgan talking more about the show so morgan what do you like most about octonauts oh my gosh I absolutely love the fact that they're actually teaching kids about marine biology. They're actually teaching them that they should love the ocean. I really love the fact that they're doing that. And I think that it's very spontaneous and it's really efficient and it's adorable at the same time. And I would have to say that I want to give it five out of five absolute adorable octonaut marine biology stars for that because it's perfect that they're treating this message to children. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've explored more. We know more about space than we know about our own oceans. So it's actually fascinating that we learn more and more about it. What would you say is your favorite character in the show? Ooh, darn. I I have to say that I really love all of them. But I would have to say that I really love, absolutely love, love Captain Barnacles. He's really kind. He's a really fun polar bear. And I just want to hug him. I really love him. And I really like the way that he's ready for adventure. And he's like, I'm going to help. But I also really love Shellington. I have to say that he is my absolute favorite character because he's very inquisitive and he wants to know everything he can about oceanic creatures. And I think that he does an amazing job voicing this character. And I like the way that he adds brilliance and friendliness to his character at the same time of bringing integrity as well. Fantastic. We, this show does have like a, a wonderful array of colorful characters that kids can enjoy. Now, what do you feel like made this show different from other shows besides the subject matter of marine biology what what's the execution of the show that makes it different than other children's programs well i would have to say that they really do i really love the octonaut reports that they do the creature reports i mean sorry that i think is really cute that they have a cute little friendly song at the end of each video that makes it really unique and different but at the same time they also have um some really different things like the concept as well but the animation is also very simple and but at the same time it's complex because they use such depth and personality to it so you can really be able to see all the kinds of different things that they're adding to it at the same time and that really does add a lot to it and it's a huge age range as well because four-year-olds all the way to 18 and up will really enjoy it and that will really make it perfect for the family that's interesting to say that because um, Ella, who's on the show, she she finds it hard to get into, and she finds a uh, finds it from two to eight. Um, Ella, would you like to talk about like how you may disagree with that? I disagree because, I mean, 
of course I'm a film critic, so I have to, whenever I watch a film that's not geared towards my age group, I have to think to put on a mindset that's a little bit younger. And, but just thinking from like a normal, like teenage and adult perspective, I think that maybe some people might find it annoying, although it was adorable. I just, some people might have found it irritating. Well, actually, my mom loved it. Her and I were both singing Creature Report for, like, days. We were actually learning different facts as well, and we loved it. And it definitely depends on your age range. It depends on your perspective, because even film critics, adult film critics, have to watch little kid movies, such as maybe, like, a Tom and Jerry movie, and they have to put on their juvenile hats to see if kids younger would enjoy it. And it just it all depends, but it seems like it's okay if you didn't particularly enjoy it as much as like maybe an eight-year-old was because they're geared towards younger kids. Yeah. So, um, Ella, what would you say about the animation in this as well? Uh, the animation, I have to agree with Morgan on the animation. I thought it, like she said, had a lot of depth and personality and it was very colorful and just, you know, if a kid saw it, they'd probably be fascinated by it. <laughs> Definitely. And then Morgan, what would you say is your favorite episode so far? Out of the entire um, season that I've seen, I would have to say that I really loved Marine Iguanas because I actually had no idea that these creatures even existed, and it was really incredible the way that you were able to learn about them. And this episode was also like a bit of a, a mystery, and I learned quite a lot, and I loved seeing what they looked like. And in person, at the end of the creature report, because at the end of the creature reports, they usually show you real pictures, and you're like, whoa, that's so incredible, because you're so used to seeing the animation version, and then when you see the real-life version, you're like, wow, that's actually fascinating. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Morgan and Ella, for talking about Octonauts, 12 Rescue Missions. It's been a pleasure. Thanks thank for having us. Yes. If you want to go check out the DVD collection, go check out on your Amazon or Walmart or Target, any of your consumers. Also, be sure to go check out Octonauts on your morning programs and check out your TV guides for that. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Twilight and Starlight. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Brian Birch, age 12, currently in Senya Lake, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about some fantastic things such as Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Everything Everything, Octonauts, and right now we're going to be talking about Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion, and I'm super excited. So let's start the interview. So what did you think about Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion? Did you like it, dislike it, or what were your opinions? Overall, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like, when I was younger, I wasn't a huge fan of Digimon. I thought it was entertaining enough to give it a watch. I certainly wouldn't rewatch it. There were a lot of things I liked about it, and there were a few things I disliked about it. So it's kind of an average overall opinion around the movie. So speaking about dislikes and likes, what were some of the things that you liked, and what were some of the things that you didn't like? So starting off with things I liked, I guess, I really like the designs of the Digimon and how I look. Like all the different franchises that come up with uh, these different character designs for these creatures i just that really appeals to me and digimon is no exception i really like the way they do their creatures um my favorite was agumon that was my favorite digimon always has been from the digimon that i've known i also really liked the animation it was realistic uh it was an anime originally and it was english dubbed so i the the animation in Agumon and the different Digimon and some of the characters I really liked. For my dislikes, the movie started off really slow. I'm not going to lie. The first half hour was kind of the same thing repeated over and over again. But it, it introduced a lot of the characters, so they have to do that sometimes. I just wasn't a huge fan of the huge... Or, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the slow start. A couple of the characters I found annoying, and I thought so, I thought parts of the plot were pretty confusing, but that's because I haven't seen any of the previous Digimon movies or any of the TV shows. So that's probably why I didn't think it was very friendly to new Digimon fans, and I... With the name Tri Reunion, it was kind of bringing back the characters together because they hadn't been with each other for a while. So I guess that's why I didn't really like it, but it had a few things to kind of balance out my overall viewpoint of the movie. Yeah, because everybody has pros and cons, and I can understand that because it seems really awesome because this is English dub, like you said. So did you think that they did a good job on the dubbing, or was it like... Did they not have advantages and you could tell that it was dubbed or could you not tell? The dubbing was really nice. I can I can pretty much always tell that it's dubbing because there's, there's sometimes these small little mistakes that you can tell. I didn't see many of those at all. I think there's one thing that kind of brought me out of that and I was like, oh yeah, this is dubbing. But the dubbing was really nice. The uh, voices really seemed to fit the characters still, which is what you really like to see. The personalities were really good to the respective characters. 
so yeah, my overall impression of the dubbing was really good. There was only one part, I think it was halfway through the movie, the dubbing was kind of off and then it kind of brought me out of it and I was like, oh yeah, this is dubbing because it's anime. Understandable as well. I completely can see that because sometimes you're like, darn it, that was dubbed and you're just like, well, that was a mistake. Well, if you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, today we were talking about some fantastic things, such as Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Everything Everything, Octonauts, and right now we are talking about Digimon, Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion, and so let's continue on with our interview. So, also, I heard that you were talking about Pokemon and how this was actually... Pokemon uh, wanted to go a different way, so they started Digimon, and how the other part of Pokemon wanted to do Pokemon, so they went with Pokemon. What is that true? Um, from what I've heard and researched about it, it is true. Uh, I can't f- confirm it right now because I don't have the stuff that I researched about it right in front of me. But from what I know, the uh, the Pokemon company and the Digimon company they used to be one company, and The main company wanted to focus on Pokemon, what it is today, but half or a small part of the company wanted to go take the Pokemon concept and take it a different direction. So they created Digimon off of that. So you can kind of see some of the similarities between the two, but I don't think they're too close to be able to be like, oh, this is a ripoff of one or this is the ripoff of another. I think they did a good job separating the two franchises even though they deal with similar concepts so like they each had their own individual ideas even though they both came from the same core is yeah saying and yes. do you have do you like prefer one over the other one <laughs> i'd have to say i prefer pokemon even though i really actually enjoyed watching this movie it was kind of a fresh breath of like new concepts just because i kind of grew up with pokemon and that's still kind of Pokemon still kind of residues today in my life. And I like looking back over memories of Pokemon when I was growing up. So I've always been around Pokemon a lot more. So I kind of am a little bit biased that I like Pokemon a little bit better. But it was nice to see some stuff like I haven't seen much Digimon at all. I've seen like I think two episodes of the original series and I've seen some of the Digimon and I know the main plot, but this this movie was pretty nice to see. I, I liked it. And speaking about which, um, I know that actually a lot has come from uh, Pokemon. And I know that a lot of people are actually playing Pokemon Go. Do you happen to play that at all? <laughs> yes, I still play a little bit of Pokemon Go, although the game is nowhere near what it used to be with its glory. There's still some some good players but I don't play it as much as I used to. I, I actually still play the Pokemon trading card game. That's what I like to play. <laughs> oh, wow, that's really cool. So speaking about which, we should probably go back to Digimon. Yeah. What was, uh, what was one of your favorite aspects about the Digimon and your favorite scene in the Digimon movie? So I really liked how colorful the animation looked, but it still looked realistic. If, if that makes any sense. Like, the animation was done really realistic, but it was still so colorful. And most of it took place, or most of the movie took place in a city, so it was nice to kind of see that animation style. I really liked Agumon 
he was one of my favorite, or he was my favorite Digimon. He was played by Tom Fawn, I think is how you pronounce his last name, or Fan. He was really nice. Ty was also the main character. My favorite scene, I really liked, there was this one scene where Ty and Agumon were sitting on this cliff during the sunset, and they were just talking about all the stuff that had just happened in the previous battle, and it was really dramatic, and it was nice to see that the characters were kind of like taking in the stuff that was happening instead of just like battling the other Digimon and just getting over and yay, we saved everybody. It was kind of taking it in and making it look or feel more realistic, if that makes Definitely. sense. I understand that as well. And also, what would you say the age range for this film would be and stars? I think it would be 10 to 16 and above. I I really liked it as a 14-year-old. I think that above 16-year-olds would like it, but I think 10 to 16 is probably the best age range for it. And I'd give it three out of five stars because there were quite a few things I didn't like about it, but I left with an overall good impression of the movie and franchise. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. It's fantastic to talk to you, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest video reviews of new films and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. And this show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. And today's show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Twilight, and Starlight. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.